When the pressures of everyday life push the buttons of our inescapable human frailties, it's time to press pause, to be still, to breathe, and to look objectively at what is happening to ourselves and those about us. iHub Radio presents In This Moment with Toby C. Helping people to recover from emotional, physical, and spiritual pain. Now, here's Toby C. Today, my mentality is about abundance, and I am grateful. Yesterday, my mentality was about scarcity, and I was paralyzed with fear. Hi there. My name is Toby C., and I'm your host, and this is our program. This is our show in this moment. In this moment, it's a show about recovery. Recovery from what? Well, recovery from suffering. How about that? How about recovery from acting out and coping with the unmanageability of life? How about recovering from, from suffering from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body? How about that? That's what we're going to be talking about for the next hour or 43 net minutes. And um, we don't have any guests on this program. We don't have any call-ins. Um, we have a lot of materials, some very serious material to discuss during this show. And uh, our program is very much subject-driven, and we are going to be talking about desperation today and overcoming desperation. And so many people who slip into this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body uh, are suffering from some form of desperation or another, or hopelessness is another word for it, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. You know, and so many of us come into recovery uh, with our dreams dashed. Um, not only are we desperate, but we're desperately disappointed in how life has turned out. Um, I, uh, unfortunately, was sent off to a boarding school um, for a few years in high school, and um, I had a, a sadistic English teacher that made us memorize a poetry, a poem, every single week. And one of the poems that I memorized was a poem by a poet by the name of Langston Hughes. Langston Hughes. And he had a poem called A Dream Deferred. A dream deferred. Don't we all have some form or another a dream deferred? And it goes like this. A dream deferred by Langston Hughes. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat? Or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? It's called a dream deferred. You know, the hopelessness of our dreams and our ambitions and our life and our purpose in life, it leaves a lot of us suffering. And, you know, we, we battle throughout our life to overcome this suffering. And we have two forms of, of dependence uh, on, on overcoming this suffering. And the first form of dependence is on, on self-reliance, is on, on dependence of self. 
to overcome this suffering, this suffering. And so many of us are disappointed because we discovered that this self-reliance has utterly failed us. Yeah. And then we, of course, instinctually and habitually and compulsively, uh, we're taught from an early age to depend on others, to put the bite on others. And of course, others, uh, other people are not perfect. They are uh, very, very much fallible. Uh, we come to learn in recovery when we calm down and clean house that many of the people around us are just not well. So let's talk about you or your, your loved one who's suffering. You know, this could be the very last time they have to suffer. But I'll tell you, the first thing that the sufferer needs to do is you got to come out of isolation. You know, isolation is really just the, the most extreme form of anger. It's really anger acting out. It's saying that uh, I'm so hurt and I'm so angry that I'm not going to allow you to punish me anymore. And I'm not going to subject myself to this harm and this abuse anymore. You know, and that's where the demon of, of hopelessness and desperation lies. It lies in the loneliness and the solitude and the isolation. It lies there waiting like an ambush predator for us. So the first thing we got to do is we got to get to a meeting. The first step to recovery, as always, is to practice unity in order to calm the spirit down. And I don't care what you're suffering from, Whatever it is, the needle in the spoon, the bottle, compulsive shopping, gambling, sex, food, you know, whatever, you're, whatever is making your life unmanageable and keeping you in dysfunctional and defective relationships with other people and with, your, and with yourself, find a group of like-minded people who are suffering just like you. It's called a kinship of common suffering. Get on the internet and look for a group of like-minded sufferers and find that meeting wherever it may be and make a commitment to get out of the house or get out of wherever you're, get off the sofa, get to a meeting and find a seat and get there early. Try not to call any unnecessary attention to yourself and sit all the way down in that seat and be still. And you're going to find if you start attending this meeting frequently and you practice sitting still, you're going to start to listen. You're going to start to listen to other people's shares and their, and their testimony. And you're going to feel all of a sudden this sense of belonging. And this sense of belonging for so many of us is this, is this sense of a God consciousness. And that's where it starts. The sense that we're not, al or that we're not alone. And I got to tell you, the best way, and I always talk about this, the best way to overcome loneliness is to get to a meeting where there's other people who are suffering and put your arm around somebody and console them and say, you know what? It's going to be all right. You're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. The best way to overcome loneliness is to practice unity. 
Absolutely. And that's the start of the journey. You know, the 12-step program, we're going to talk about that during our program. And we are going to be referencing two publications through, throughout this hour. Um, but these two publications, while they talk about alcoholism and the alcoholic, we're going to be pulling nuggets of timeless and universal wisdom out of these publications. The publications, obviously, are the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, simply titled Alcoholics Anonymous, first published in 1939, and its sister publication, The Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions, uh, commonly referred to as The Twelve and Twelve, which came out in 1953. And that's where we start. You know, the 12-step program, Any, you know, a lot of people who've been around the 12-step program for quite some time can rattle off the 12 steps, but I'm here to tell you they, they quite often forget that in the foreword of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions publication, it explains what the 12 steps are. The 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life, can expel your obsession, whatever your problem is, and enable you, the sufferer, to become happily and usefully whole. To become whole. So many of us, of us fear when we come into recovery that we're gonna lose our identity. We're gonna become the hole in the donut quite contrary. We're going to become usefully and happily and usefully whole. That's what happens. And by the way, you know, there may be 12 steps in the 12-step program and every single step is there in order. It's to continue ratcheting down the spirit in order to calm the spirit so that the mind can open. You know, the open-mindedness, the open mind is the key to this deal. And you can only open the mind when you calm down. And you can only calm down, really calm the spirit down when you come out of isolation and you participate in a group, a kinship of common suffering. But I'm here to tell you, while there's 12 steps, there's really three parts to the 12-step program. And it's to trust God, clean house, and help others. And what's going to happen is when you go to the meeting and you start to get better, you're going to burn into the consciousness of every man that they can get better regardless of anyone. The only condition is that they trust God and clean house. See, and you're going to do that. This is going to work this time for you. It all starts with calming down. You know, some people say getting honest. I had to lose everything and just get thrashed by my disease in order for me to get honest. Well, how about in order for me to calm down and pay attention? Pay attention not to the rattle going on between my two ears, but pay attention to the message, you know? So there's no human power that could have relieved our suffering, but only God could and would if he were sought. And we're going to be talking about God a little bit throughout this program, and I hope you keep an open mind. You know, there is one who has all power, you know, and it's not you. It's not me. So we're going to be talking about overcoming desperation today. And in order to overcome anything, including desperation, we first must adequately illuminate the problem. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to really be illuminating the problems with desperation and all the harm 
that, that, that desperation causes others and ourselves. And as we do that, as we illuminate the problem of desperation, then and only then can the real true answer and the solution to overcoming desperation be found. And we're going to be doing that too as well. So you're going to want to stick around for this. It's good stuff, Overcoming Desperation. I'm your host, Toby C., and this is our program in this moment. In This Moment with Toby C. continues now on iHub Radio. Well, you know, in order to adequately overcome a problem, we need to really illuminate what the problem is. And, you know, our subject today on In This Moment, a program of recovery for anybody who's suffering from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, anybody, maybe it's you, maybe a loved one, our subject is on overcoming desperation. Let me just read you a couple little nuggets out of the big book of the 12 and 12. You know, he soon proved that he was a desperate case and above all, he wanted to get well. He had a desperate desire to stop, but he saw no way out, for he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you have to offer. Recovery, the problem with desperation is desperation causes harm to ourselves and to others. Desperation, by the way, is one of the gateways to recovery. It's called the gift of desperation. So the more you're suffering and the more desperate you are, my friend, um, the closer you are to getting this. You're either going to die or you're going to get this thing. You know, desperation... We were in a position where life was becoming impossible. And if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could. And the other was to accept spiritual help. Now, how about that for desperation? Desperation is a fear. First and foremost, let's call it for what it is, okay? Desperation is not the boogeyman. It's fear. And all of us, you know, our entire human existence is woven through with it. You know, the fabric of our existence is shot through with fear. Desperation is a fear. Desperation is also is also a poor use of the imagination. Desperation and hopelessness is the absolute opposite end of the spectrum from faith. Desperation and hopelessness is a terrible message. And the first 
one of the first things that come from desperation is intolerance. Intolerance of others and ourselves. Because don't you know, this is a matter of life and death. Our survival depends on this. This is our attitude. And it's an attitude of fear-driven, selfish, self-centered behavior. That's the biggest harm that desperation causes. Desperation causes uh, an unfair level of dependence on others to meet our needs. Desperation comes from our instinctual need sometimes to feel love and to feel secure at the expense of others, don't you know? Desperation is an extreme behavior. There's nothing balanced about desperation. And I don't know about you, but I like to hang around people who are kind of centered and grounded. I don't really, I don't really care to keep company with drama queens. I used to when I was one. You know, misery likes company, but no, Toby's mellowed out a little bit. I, I just don't like extreme behavior. Sigmund Freud wrote a book, of many books, but one of one that comes to mind is a book called Studies on Hysteria. See? And Freud talks about desperation in his in his analysis of, of hysteria, and he certainly illuminates fear. And one of the things that Freud goes on to uh, suggest is that desperation, fear, and hysteria is contagious. Oh, absolutely. I believe it is. Do you? I believe fear and desperation and hopelessness, you better believe it, are contagious. It's a bad message. It's a repellent it's a pessimist. There's nothing good comes out of hopelessness. The glass is always going to be half empty. Our negative thoughts about anything, as far as we're concerned, are not negative at all. They're merely realistic. Don't you know? The end is near. You just can't see it. Desperation is just a really negative behavior if you really want to get along with people. You know, if you're wondering why you can't get along with people or if you're wondering why you can't get along with yourself, you know, desperation and hysteria and the fear, the contagion of fear that's connected to that is poisoning the people around you. Maybe people just don't want to be around the drama anymore. So many of us, you know, we either have to be on the top of the heap or hiding underneath it, you know. We're drama queens. And desperation plays right in the hands of a drama queen. And, you know, if you like watching the Kardashians, it's great. Reality TV is wonderful. But I tell you, the drama deal gets really old really quick for this guy. And I think for so many of us. So how about that? How about those as a couple of suggested nuggets of, of the real problems with desperation, the negative elements of desperation, this, this terrible outlook, this dark outlook 
everything in life is has lost its color. Everything is kind of just a, a dull shade of gray. There's really no purpose to live anymore. What's the point? Well, I'll tell you what the point is. The point is that we were willing to grow along spiritual lines. How about that for a, a segue into the solution? Okay. I mean, we've just scratched the surface as far as conflict with others and control and denial and suffering and selfishness. I can't go on with the problem of desperation, but we're going to move into the solution, you know, when we return here on In This Moment. And I'm your host, Toby C. And this is our program, only here on I Have Radio. If you enjoy our message here on In This Moment with Toby C., then please visit us at itmtoby.com. In This Moment, helping to open hearts and minds that allow for the mysterious, powerful, enduring, and proven alternative to destructive behavior. Here is your guide, BC. All right. Desperation, overcoming desperation. I got to tell you, so many, so many of us, including yours truly, Toby, come into recovery because uh, we've lost everything. We're busted, disgusted. I was busted because uh, I had lost everything and I was disgusted because I had absolutely no self-respect and self-esteem and dignity left and I couldn't be trusted. Nobody wanted to be around me whatsoever. I had, I had hit my bottom and so many of us need to hit our bottom in order to really pay attention and to quit being distracted. I'm going to tell you right now, the, the solution for overcoming desperation is to be given the gift of desperation. You got to really hit your bottom. And only, only when the sufferer really hits their bottom and experiences real suffering. And I'm telling you, suffer, you know, your bottom is your bottom and don't let anybody ever tell you that you haven't earned your right to recover. When you say you've had enough, you've hit your bottom. And when you've hit your bottom, spiritually, morally, physically, psychologically, then and only then can we really practice discipline. Discipline means paying attention, really focusing on something and paying attention. And I got to tell you, when you've lost everything, man, there ain't anything left to pay attention to except maybe the solution. You know, when I stopped living in the problem, and began living in the answer, the problem went away, see? And it's about stop living in this, this, this life of desperation. Where does the desperation come from? Well, how about this? This desperation, I believe, comes from, in part, our, our identity crisis, our, our lack of purpose, 
our, our confusion about whether or not uh, we are part of the world or the world revolves around us. I happen to believe that our desperation for so many of us comes from us playing God and getting out in front of this thing and losing our faith and our trust in a power greater than ourselves, if we ever had one, and playing God ourselves. And only when we've really gotten the tar kicked out of us and we've lost everything can we really pay attention because we've been tested and we haven't died. We've been tested again and again. And as to understand that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God, see? And I don't know about you, but I don't have a direct connect with God, but I hear the word of God come from people in my kinship of common suffering, my home group, my people who are suffering from the same things that I suffer from. When they speak and I calm down and I listen and I pay attention, guess what? I hear the word of God. How about that? It's the mana which your fathers did not know that you may be tested to do the right thing in the end. And this is the end for you. If you want it to be, you, you can stop this nonsense now. And if you want to really calm down and trust in God, you got to rest and you got to be still. You got to move out of fear and into a place called faith. And faith is where stillness is. Faith is about trust. And rest is trust. You've got to rest. Ceaseless activity is distrust. When we're ceaselessly moving about us, trying to arrange the world to, to suit ourselves, are we not playing God? better believe it, we are. You know, this hopelessness, the remorse, horror, and hopelessness of the next morning are unforgettable for some of us. The courage to do battle was not there. That's when we've hit the end. And let me tell you what happens when we've hit the end and we try to contemplate, you know, why playing God and being the center of the universe doesn't work for us anymore. Obviously, the dilemma of the wanderer from faith is that of profound confusion. See, desperation is about confusion. And confusion is for the one who has wandered from faith and is consumed with fear. Page 28 continues in the 12 and 12. He thinks himself lost to the comfort of any conviction at all. He cannot attain in even a small degree the assurance of the believer, the agnostic, or the atheist. He is the bewildered one. This confusion and bewilderment is part of the hopelessness. I'm telling you, the solution to overcoming desperation and this hopelessness and this bewilderment is to finally calm down and to clean house. The solution is to trust God and to clean house. 
And when you clean house and you get rid of all the ego and the pomp and all the calamity and all the turmoil and all the worship of other things and other people, there you may find the God of your understanding. He never left you. He's just been obscured by all the ceaseless activity in your life. And now that you've gotten the tar kicked out of you again, maybe you can calm down this time and really pay attention. Pay attention to the solution. And the solution is by paying attention to others. Remember I told you the three parts of the 12-step program? Trust God, clean house, and help others. You can start to help others and start learning how to pay attention to others immediately. The moment you walk into your home group meeting, your kinship of common suffering with this group of people that you're going to meet with every single day and with whom you're going to bond and develop some very deep and meaningful relationships, that is the point that you start to help others. And when you help others, you get help from a higher power. See? I believe that relationships with other people, healthy relationships with people, is a love triangle. See, when we help somebody else out, when we pay attention to somebody unconditionally, with no skin in the game, no DNA, no paycheck, when we pay attention to this person and we try to calm them down and console them and tell them that it's going to get all better, it's all going to work out. This too shall pass. When we're available and healthy in mind, body, and spirit to try to do that for another person, we get a gift. We get a gift from above. It's called the gift of God's grace. It's called peace. It's called contentment. And it's called gratitude. See, desperation... And this is perfect for in this moment. Our program is all about staying in the present moment. Desperation is about, it's about the future and being, making darn sure that we don't repeat the past. Whereas being grateful, which is the antidote for desperation, gratitude and being grateful, is about being parked right here in this moment, in the present moment. You know, somewhere between the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat is God. He's right here in this moment. And that's where we want to be. That's where gratitude is. One of my favorite prayers, there's a recovery center down in Indio, California. Still there, it's called the ABC Recovery Center, but about 20 years ago when I first started going to meetings down there, they used to have a big sign behind the podium in the in the uh, the cafeteria, which served as the meeting room. And behind the podium, there was a big sign, and people used to call it the gratitude prayer. And it went like this, the gratitude prayer. God, if I can't have the things I want, please help me to want the things I have today. Please help me to want the things I have today. How nice. So there's a real solution for overcoming desperation. Stay in the present moment. 
And the way to stay in the present moment is to be calm. And the way to practice calm is to practice unity and don't isolate. And the way to practice unity is to pay attention to another suffering soul in your home group meeting. And if you pay attention to that other suffering soul in your home group meeting, guess what? Somebody else is going to pay attention to you. You may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer, see? You may be ready to undergo a profound psychic change. A psychic change awaits you. And it's real simple. Why don't you just practice becoming the Prince of Peace for the day, you know, and take it easy on yourself and take it easy on those about you. You know, don't isolate people. People who need people are the luckiest people in the world, see? If you're desperate and you're bewildered, maybe it's because you've been cursed with your, with your self, what do they call it? Um, when we try to protect ourselves from others, self-preservation. Isn't that a nice term for isolation? Oh, it's self-preservation. BS. You know, when I isolate from my fellow man, I disconnect from God. One of my favorite nuggets about, you know, reestablishing this relationship with my higher power, who's always been there waiting for me. One of my favorite nuggets, it comes out of the big book. It says, you know, we'd all like to think that we have this, this very private one-on-one relationship with, with our, the God of our understanding and that our heads ought to be up there in the clouds alone. But no, our feet must be firmly planted here on earth because this is where our fellow travelers are and this is where our work must be done. See? Your feet and my feet must be firmly planted here on earth because this is where our fellow travelers are and this is where our work must be done. And you can't do that when you're, when you're isolating and you're alone practicing self-preservation and avoidance. No. I believe that God wants me to calm down. And I do believe this. We're going to talk about this uh, coming up in the imagination exercises, but this is what awaits you. It's beautiful. The beautiful part about calming down is that I do believe that when the man and woman have calmed down their spirit sufficiently and opened up their mind in order to open up their heart, that God can come in and expel the obsession. I've read it countless times in the 12 and 12 publication. And when God comes in and cleans me out and expels the obsession, provided that I'm calm and spiritually fit enough, God can use me and God can use you as an instrument to speak a good message to another suffering soul or to make a guardian angel out of you and put you in the right place at the right time for another suffering soul. How about that for some solutions to overcoming desperation? When we return, we're going to be 
doing the imagination exercises, about pointing our imagination in the right direction. Um, imagination is a close cousin to faith and trust. And it's a beautiful thing, and we're going to practice it when we come back. Only here on In This Moment, a show about recovery. And I'm your host, Toby C. In a world of overstimulation, you've arrived in a safe and calming space. This is In This Moment with Toby C. Overcoming desperation. How about this? Why don't you imagine that you're already getting better right this moment, right now? You know, and just maybe some of the things that we've talked about, some of the quotes that we've pulled out of those two publications, you're feeling this, this power that is, is entering you. This power that's entering you is because maybe you've opened your mind a little bit more and you've opened up your heart. You know, and that power is already being marvelous, marvelously manifested in you, marvelously manifested in you. That's, that's what happens when we, we calm down and we move away from desperation and we're no longer bewildered. What's going to happen to you is when you trust God and clean house, you're going to get all the answers to why. Every single why question you've ever been consumed with will finally reveal themselves to you. And it's going to be such a wonderful, liberating experience for you. Desperation, the best way to overcome desperation is to calm down and acquire this sense that all is well. You know, most alcoholics agree that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. And that's what's going to happen to you. You're going to acquire a God consciousness because you earned it. You earned the acquisition of this God consciousness because you came out of isolation. And this time, you were no longer a, a fringe participant. This time, you got into the middle of the herd. And instead of depending and relying on your support group, you're going to become part of the support group. See? You're going to become a sponsor. You're going to become a sponsor very soon. Can you imagine that? If you have a sponsor, or if you're thinking about getting a sponsor, which is a form of trusting God, so you can clean house, you know, you can get this thing really, really quick. And they talk about there's a long period of reconstruction, but I'm here to tell you, we find what takes place in a few months could hardly have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. 
you know, you're going to get, you're going to get it this time. And I'll tell you what's going to make the difference for you. The difference is you're going to start to learn how to pay attention to others. You're going to learn how to listen to others. You're going to learn how to shut your mind off and shut your mouth and really pay attention and learn how to listen to people objectively, without judgment, with an open mind, and with an open heart. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, it takes a lot of practice to get to that point. But it can happen really quick. The open mind leads to the open heart. And when the open heart presents itself, God will enter it and enter you and expel the obsession. And by the way, when you're healed and when you're better and when you have finally been delivered out of no man's land, safe to the other side, safe and protected, what we really have is a daily reprieve. We, what we really have is a daily reprieve from desperation, which is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So if you want to stay away from fear and stay away from desperation and stay away from hopelessness, you got to maintain your spiritual condition. you got to remain calm. And you're going to figure it out this time how to remain calm. And Toby's going to tell you the, the trick right here. You ready? The best way to remain calm is by focusing a little bit of your attention and intensely working with another suffering man or woman and trying to calm them down. If you try to calm down another suffering man or woman, you will receive the gift of grace and calm. And that's how we maintain our spiritual condition. Nothing but nothing so ensures immunity against our suffering as intensive work with another sufferer. It works when all else fails, see? And this time also, what's going to make recovery so wonderful for you is not only are you going to be a wonderful sponsor, but you're going to enjoy the results of your love and attention, see? You're going to experience something called joy. And I'm telling you, there is nothing like watching people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow about you, and to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. I'm telling you, you will not want to miss this. Frequent contact with the newcomer and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. And for you, it will be too. And I'm telling you, when, when the purpose of being available to comfort and console another suffering person when that eclipses every sound reason to drink or use or act out, then you know you've got it. You know you've got it. God wants you to get it. 
He would have taken you long ago if he didn't want you to get it this time. Anyway, I hope you've really enjoyed this show on overcoming desperation and I hope you've gotten a few little nuggets of inspiration about how to stay sober just for today and in this moment. I'm your friend Toby C and we'll see you next time.